1 Corinthians chapter 1. I've learned a lot about the Corinthian church lately with the Wednesday night teaching. We studied Romans and Thessalonians and things. And how many of you know that the Corinthian church was a, well, all the churches that Paul wrote to were relatively new churches. <laughs> and they were feeling their way through under Paul's instruction on how to do things. And uh, well, let's just uh, go to uh, verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 7. They were struggling with a lot of things. The Corinthian church was uh, stretching out. God had blessed them with spiritual gifts. And they were trying to learn how to use their spiritual gifts. There was also other things going on in the church. There was open sin that uh, Paul felt he had to deal with in chapter 5. And so no matter what uh, stage of the Christian walk we're in, churches will pretty much exhibit the same things. The enemy attacks us in the same areas. You, the proper use of spiritual gifts, uh, relationships with one another, and uh, Paul was going to send Timothy, who was a young man, to the Corinthian church. And it gets real interesting because people in Corinth really tried to give him a hard time. But let's read right here, and we'll start there where it says, now you have every spiritual gift you need. And today, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the spiritual gifts. God bless you with gifts. Every fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. He was saying to this church, don't get ahead of yourself, but you have every spiritual gift you need. And I believe in our lives that we have what we need to accomplish what God has set us to do in the kingdom as individuals and a church. And sometimes we look too much forward to what we don't have, but God wants us to know today what we do have. And when they, I'm going to get excited. When they were singing that song about you are good, 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 what we lack, He will give us. David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. And then all the things that He said He would do for us. And Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, every, you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come, Lord Jesus. How many of you looking forward to Him coming back again and setting this world in order the way it's supposed to be? When you look at the mess that the world's in today, it seems impossible to straighten it out. Well, with man, it is impossible. But I'm telling you what, when He comes back, when he gets things in order, this earth is going to operate just like he intended it to operate. The wolf will lay down with the lamb. We're going to be new. We're going to have this old body replaced. And we're going to rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Eagerly await. He will keep you strong to the end. Say, I'm strong. I'm strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. How are we free? By the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary, we are free. 
you say, well, I still sin. Well, we live in a fallen world, and yes, we do sin. But 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we sin, if we have an advocate with the Father. In other words, and I've used this many times, we have a lawyer that speaks for us. I love that song when they said, your blood speaks a better word. That's the greatest testimony is that for you and for me, he came and he shed his blood on that cross so that we would be found blameless on the day of his return. Whether we're in the grave or whether we're alive, we're going to be blameless as we stand before him. Verse 9, who will do this? God will do this. For he's faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Isn't it great that we are considered partners? Said The Bible says that he seated us, set us down in heavenly places. We're partners with him. He's the one that went to the cross, but he's the founder of this company, and he made us partners. He welcomed us into what he was doing. And that's why he's given us the word to proclaim in whatever form we can speak it in, because that's what partners do. They work for one another, and they have an agreement, and it's for the good of everybody else. So, in verse 10, we don't have to go there. He speaks about divisions in the church, but I want you to go to Now, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 10. This was an encouragement that he was sending Timothy into the situation. Timothy was a young man. How many of you know that? There's many things that we can be despised for when we preach the gospel, but he tells the Corinthian church after he goes through the gifts, the resurrection, um, all the things that we should know. He said, when Timothy comes, don't intimidate him. In other words, I've been studying a little bit about Timothy, and it seems that one of his characteristics is that he was a timid soul. And one of the reasons he was timid is because he he met much resistance because of his youth. How many of you know that Timothy had a lot of sicknesses too? It says in, I think it's Second um, Timothy 5.23, where he said, take a little wine for your many infirmities, for your many sicknesses. So we have a young man here that Paul was sending into a very difficult situation. He probably thought, man, you need to send the big boys down for this. I'm going to the Corinth church. They got all kinds of stuff going on. I don't know if I'm capable. I'm a youth. I'm timid. I get sick. This church is a mess, he says. Why are you sending me into this? You know why? Because Timothy could get the job done. And I'll show you why he could get the job done. Paul, look at verse 10. It says, when Timothy comes, don't intimidate him. He's doing the Lord's work just as I am. So we're all 
He's preparing Timothy for this situation he's going into. Now go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses, verse 14. 1 Timothy 4, 14. Hang with me today. We have a hard time in, in life sometimes, but Timothy did too because of his youth. Look what he tells him in verse 14. He says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received, the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. And I'm going to tell you today, just as he told Timothy, don't neglect the gifts that God has given you in your life and use them for the furtherance of the gospel. He loved you enough to die for you then. He said he gave you gifts. We have spiritual gifts. How many of you baptized in the Holy Ghost today? Amen. Stir it up. He wants us to stir up the gifts because that's the only way that we're going to have a voice in a fallen world is by stirring up the things that he has placed in us. Amen. How many of you young people, you guys filled with the Holy Ghost? I know you are because of the way you pray. It feels good, doesn't it? The Holy Ghost works no matter where you go, what country you're in. You don't even have to speak the same language, but you just look at each other, and there's that fire in somebody's eyes, and there's a connection there because you both realize that your righteousness and your goodness comes from the giver of every perfect gift. It's Him. So it's just as he told Timothy, I'm sending some of you into tough situations. Some of you, your home life is a real tough situation. But Timothy had youth against him. He was a timid man. The church was in a mess, and he was sick a lot. But he said, don't neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you. It says, verse 15 says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Amen. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Amen. That's a hard job, ain't it? But it's okay. Now go to 2 Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. He's telling Timothy, even in his youth, he said, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Folks, we have a heritage. We have, we have an inheritance how many of you have generations that have went before you that have prayed that you'd be in this very place today, hearing the Word of God and lifting up the name of Jesus? How many times did they have to fan the flame? How many times? How many times did they pray for us and the fire was going out, but they fanned it again and they got it going? How many of you remember your past life where you were a disappointment maybe at times to your family and you let them down, but they never quit praying for you. They never quit knocking on heaven's door for you. And look where you are today. You're in the house of the Lord. (laughs) My Christian walk dates all the way back to Calvary. I'm not saying everybody in my family, but I, 
The heroes of the faith have kept the faith alive through the dark ages, through all the things, through the inquisitions. Thank God that the cross is still alive and those who receive it will receive eternal life. My granny was Catholic. She used to pray for us, take us to church. And I remember one time we were kind of making fun of her. You know how you are when you're young. And she said, well, one day you'll know. She never lost patience. One day you'll know, she said. Well, it took me quite a while till I was 27, but guess what? I had an encounter. The Holy Ghost came into my life in a, in a revival service, and you talk about a flame being lit. And at times, over the years, there's been things that try to put it out. Amen? There's things that are always contrary to the gospel being spread. The enemy never quits. So you could be young. You could have fear. Timothy had a timid spirit. could have church problems, and you could have sickness, but nothing stops the gospel. And what's the key? The key is the Holy Spirit. Thank God in the turn of the 1900s that a bunch of people out on Azusa Street welcomed the Holy Ghost into their services, and they stayed in revival. Somebody kept that alive. It was somebody's grandma, somebody's mother. All through the ages, there was a Eunice and there was a Lois that shared the faith and kept the flame burning. Thank God for that. So he's trying to tell Timothy all these things. He says, I remember your genuine faith. And, and, and go. he says, wow. He says, I know that same faith continues strong in you. I thank God for my grandmother because she prayed for me. Darlene thanks God for her aunt because she used to take the whole bunch of them to church when they were little kids in the Methodist church. No matter what, she'd take them to church, even when her parents couldn't do it. Thank God for praying Gladys. Thank God that she was a good person. And God rewarded her with 96 years on this earth. And I believe that part of it was is because she shared the love of God with people. I got to get going here. Look what he says. This is why I remind you to fan into flames or stir up the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Hallelujah. Stir up the spiritual gifts. That's what happened here today. I needed a little stirring, so God got a big spoon to stir that pot and keep things riled up. He says, fan the flames, for God is not... You can go on. Go ahead, Jeremy. You're doing great. Why would he say... Now, we, we receive this for ourselves, and every word in Scripture is for, you know, the edification of the church. But look what he tells Timothy. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. So everything that was working against Timothy spreading the gospel, Paul was dealing with it because he loved Timothy and he knew the Holy Spirit would make him successful in the furtherance of the gospel. So he tells him, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. 
In the King James, it says a sound mind. And boy, if the world ever needed anything today, they need a sound mind because the world does not think right right now. You say, well, this has been going on since man's been on the earth. Well, so be it, but I'm alive right now. And this is the time that matters to me and to my grandkids. Wow. Where else we want to go here? Go to Philippians. Well, I, I got a little illustration here about fanning the flame. Catherine's flowers just make, make believe this is a fire. I can't get that high. I'll tell you what I can do. Ah! It won't catch on. It's not real. So he tells him, he said, you got to fan the flame. You got to stir up the gift that's in you. And the other day, I got the word dormant. And then Friday night in prayer here, who was it that said, there's dormant gifts laying in the church? There's dormant gifts. Listen, once you've got the Holy Spirit in you, sometimes we let it lay dormant because we don't exercise the things. And we got a definition of dormant back in the back, don't we? Dormant. Dormant means something that is temporarily in abeyance, yet capable of being activated. How do you like that one, huh? So the Holy Spirit, the gift of God that's in us, it says it it's, might be temporarily in abeyance, and abeyance means a state of temporary disuse or suspension. We need to realize what gifts that we have in our life and how God loves us and how He wants us to fan the flame Something that is dormant is temporarily not being used, but it's capable of being activated. Stir up the gift that's within you. If you pray in tongues, stir it up every now and then because it's a great weapon against the enemy. <laughs> and it could be abeyance means a state of temporary disuse or suspension. My God. He was telling Timothy all these things because that's what the message is to our, us today. We're going to fight a lot of stuff, but we need to stir it up. Don't let it lay dormant within you. Some of you have great giftings that are laying dormant right now. God's called you to certain things, and you've been afraid. You've been sick. You don't have confidence. You're a timid person, and that's why he said, but I've not given you a timid spirit. Here's what I give you with the Holy Ghost, power and love and a sound mind. You know where the devil works the most? In our mind. He wants to take our sound mind away from us and give us all this confusion and all this doubt about ourselves. Well, if God said I'm worth something when he sent his son to the cross, then I'm worth something. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what we need to do is he was telling Timothy things that are laying dormant within you. I know of your faith. I know your mother. I know your grandmother. I know how far back your faith goes.
But sometimes we get fearful and things don't happen the way we want and we temporarily don't use our gifts. But guess what? The minute you call upon the name of the Lord, what's the Bible say? You are saved. So if it might be temporarily out of order, but look what it says here. It's capable of being activated. Hallelujah. And don't let it sit in disuse. Back to the flame. The best way, everybody see the flame here? You can't see it? Okay, you guys can't see it. There we go. It's on fire. It's burning. Let me put the flowers back. But what happens in our lives is fear comes in. People speaking against the things that you're trying to do. Everything comes into play against the gospel. But the fire of the gospel, we have been entrusted with the fire of the gospel right now. As I've shared in the past, people, Holy Ghost people are being marginalized and pushed to the outer part of Christianity. They try to make Holy Ghost people out as just crazy people or don't pay attention to them. They're marginalized. We want to keep them out there. We don't want them. But I'm telling you what. I've, I've seen in 38 years of preaching that the thing that reaches people is not how much I know, because I don't know very much. There's a lot more to learn. But the thing that reaches people is the fire of the Holy Spirit and the miraculous and somebody that, that they know you personally and they know you're going through some things. And even when you're going through some things, the fire of the gospel needs to be activated and stirred up in your life. But all these things start happening. I'm preaching to me too. So fear. Church messes. I don't know of a church that don't have a mess. A good mess. It's a good mess though. Sometimes it's youth. Sometimes it's sickness. All these things Timothy had to overcome. And there's a couple of different ways to fan in a flame. All this stuff is piled up and the fire's going out. Fire's going out. We got a lot of guys that like hanging out in the woods and camping and stuff like that. And what happens is there's a couple different ways of fanning the flame. Try to bring it back to life. It didn't go completely out like this because once once the Holy once you got the Holy Spirit, you got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he seals us till the day of redemption. So there's different ways to fan, but see, right now, my fanning ain't doing a whole lot. Because there's nothing, this is electric. But every fire, when it gets down to the bottom, there'll be a few embers left. And some of us in this building today, we might be down to where there's only one hot coal. But guess what? You know where we're going here, don't you? Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> there was only one hot coal maybe left. Well, guess what the angel did when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up? And he said, Woe well, unto me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people that are crazy. They don't have a sound mind. 
And he said, the angel said, no problem, I'll take care of that. And he said, he went to the altar and he brought a hot coal and placed it on my lips. And he said, there now, everything's all right because it's the fire of God that makes the difference. So back to our fire. Boy, we're fanning and we're fanning and we're fanning. It's in there, it's in there. But sometimes you just got to really go for it. And here's what I've seen guys do. You can stand there and fan it. But you know what the Lord impressed upon me? Sometimes you got to get down on your knees. You got to get down on your knees and lower yourself. David Paulson said in one of his books, he said, I'm fighting my final battle with pride. And he was 83 years old, one of the greatest preachers in the world. We, you know, pride will keep you off your knees. Pride will also contribute to your fire not wanting to burn. So I've seen guys get down, and they'll get way down. And what they do, they... If you blow on that thing, guess what? I'm going to show you. Fanning it wasn't good enough. I'm down to my last ember, and here's what I need to do. Come on now. Bring it back to life. Stir up the gift that's in you. Stir up the things that God has placed in your life. Don't let them sit in temporary disuse or submission or suspension. God never suspends the Holy Ghost. He's always there for us. And when we sometimes hit our knees and approach God like, God, I need your fire. I need a burning in my life or I'm just going to go away. Then what happens? He says, we're the light of the world. No man lights a candle and places it under a bushel, but he puts it there for all to see. I've had people ask me many times when they come into church, what's that thing for there? Well, it represents a flame is what it is. It reminds us that the Holy Ghost is fire. That's what Jesus said. He said, I'll baptize, John baptized you for the remission of sins, but I'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. So we don't let the things that God give us lay dormant within us. We keep them stirred up. So this morning, I was feeling a little rough around the edges, and the Holy Ghost spoke to people here. I don't know who they was. I know, I know, I know some of them. I can recognize their voices. But the Holy Spirit spoke to them about praying for me and Darlene and stirring up things. It's okay to admit you're weak sometimes. It's okay to re- remember that you got to stir things up. Timothy needed Paul to tell him about the situation he was going into, and this is what you're going to need. Well, this is what we're going to need in our lives to make it through. Last scripture I want to read is Philippians chapter 2. Woo-wee. Has this stayed together any because I have the Holy Ghost? Look at... Um, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 19. Thank you back there. I think it's no problem, Rebecca, again today. First uh, Corinthians 2. Let me make sure I'm in the right spot. Yeah. 
Now, this is Paul again. He said, if the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Now, Timothy has done been through the Corinthian mess. And now he's realized his standing in God, the power that he has in the Holy Spirit. And he's starting to be recognized because of what Paul is going to say about him. He said, if the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. In other words, he won the battle in Corinth. He did what he was supposed to do, and he continued to fight the fight. He says, then he can cheer me up by telling me how you all are getting along. Isn't it sad when you see somebody that you haven't seen in church for 20 years or that you went to another church with them and you ask them, how are you guys getting along? I don't know. It doesn't matter what church you go to. What matters is your relationship with God. And a lot of people leave churches and leave their relationship. They leave their relationship with the Lord. They have nothing. CLC is our church, but it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with our relationship with God. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit works wherever you are. Allie left to go to Croatia. You guys blessed her with an offering. She's, uh, what, 19 years old? I don't even know how old she is, 18, 19. The Lord's spoken to her when she was in this church as a little kid in Lynn's Missionettes and things like that. And she's been to Honduras. She's been to Croatia. Where else has she been? A whole bunch of places. Because guess what? She probably can't speak those languages. But the Holy Spirit is there. And the Holy Spirit guides her. You know, another thing that the Holy Spirit does, it cheers us up. I love Dr. John when he says, he'd say, how are you doing? And I'd say, good. He said, you don't say good. That's not proper English. He said, you say well, because that is a whole better level than good. Well is well. It is well with my soul. It ain't good with my soul. It's well with my soul, because that's another level. So, Dr. John, thank you for teaching me proper English. I'm doing better than good. I'm doing well, because good just means certain things, where well means a whole lot more. You can drink out of a well. You feel well in your body. Next verse. <laughs> Look what he says. He says, I have no one else like Timothy. What was the difference? The Holy Ghost that was stirred up. And he said, I've got nobody else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you'll care about other people's welfare. Not overcare. Not carry a burden that you're not supposed to carry, but you'll be concerned with other people's welfare. We're concerned about y'all when we don't see you or don't hear from you for a while. We're concerned. I can look around today and look at people that should be here that are not here, and it concerns me. But it's a thin line because once the Holy Ghost visits them, they'll be back. He said, I don't have anybody else who genuinely cares. Let, let's read the next verse. I think it 
All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Remember, he sent him into a, a messed up place, and he survived it. And he come out on the other side, and the Apostle Paul says, I got nobody else like him. He cares. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know there's a gift of helps? We don't like it as much as some of them other gifts. But helpers are leaders. You know what? 75% of leadership, nobody notices. It's a gift of helps, which is motivated by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we took a, we're taking a little spiritual journey just like Timothy did. You start to lose your confidence, draw on the Holy Spirit. Fire going out, get on your knees, blow into that fire and rekindle it again. Thank you guys for praying for us today. We needed it. We needed it. We're not sissies, but we can admit when we needed it. And I've got a feeling that some of you probably need it too. So I'm going to ask Jeremy to come right now, and I'm going to ask anybody in here that just needs to fan that flame a little bit just to come up here, and that's what we're going to do. We don't expect any certain reaction out of you. We just want the fan to be waved. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm telling you, if you haven't been coming on Wednesday, you've been missing it because his teaching has been amazing. And that's not a bait and switch either. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.